cake dressing, you'll also be pleased to know that this has 1.2 grams of protein in it. Probably somebody blew their wad in the can before they tipped <laughs> it to me. Dude, they should totally fucking have voice sauce there on the fucking assembly line. Like, all right, here we go. Go ahead. I don't know if I could produce that much cum. I mean, you're young and dumb, as they say. That's a lot of cum. Oh my god. Look what (laughs) happened just there. The Epic Film Guys Podcast. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new, very, very special episode of the Epic Film Guys podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm I'm Nick. Hi, hi, and yeah, that's it's it, it's Nick. I don't like do you, I don't tell you you could talk. You hush. Oh, Shh. oh, quiet. S- so why is this a very special episode of the Epic Film hey. Guys podcast? Who? Who the fuck are you? You know damn well who that is. I'm the human spider. Uh, what's that mean? I got you for three minutes. <laughs> three minutes of playtime. <laughs> Why couldn't we have Bonesaw in this movie? Bonesaw is ready. I would have gone for some CGI Macho Man up in this movie. It's a very, very special episode of the Epic Film Guys podcast. An old school episode one could say efg classic efg, I, EFG I, classic I, I, I like that i yeah. like that hashtag it get it on get it on the there social meds get it yeah. on the gram that's what the kids say nowadays right the gram i i, I guess I'll, I'll make it make sure it's like plated in gold or something so it looks old this is the worst opening we've ever done and ever. we've done some really really shitty openings. well it's been a long time it's been I, I, I can't even remember the last time the three of us sat down and I was looking at your beautiful, amazing faces in front of me. But a Marvel movie brought us out of the cavern, out of Black the Widow? depths of the darkness. No, not that <laughs> Eternals? one. No, not that one. Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. I didn't see that one either. <laughs> was there another one? <laughs> no, that's it. <laughs> I there was there WandaVision, was there was Loki. I, I didn't see any of that. Falcon and the Winter Soldier. There's been so much Marvel shit this year. We could have talked and about all of those. I didn't watch any of them. I haven't watched <laughs> anything did. Marvel since Spider-Man the, Far the From last, Home. The last time we that reviewed a Marvel movie on this show, time. like three years ago. Yeah. <laughs> no, and, and, and after that movie, I was like, yeah, I've, I've had enough of this nonsense. Peace. I really, really have. Dipping out. I envy you, Nick, because I did watch all of those. I I, I didn't see Loki, but I watched uh, WandaVision. I watched Falcon and the Winter Soldier. I watched all the other Marvel movies that were released this year. Yeah, no need to to to, to mention their names again. Oh man, yeah. everybody already tuned out anyway. Like, oh god, they're going to talk about Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Never did I think I'd live in a world where Zack Snyder's Justice League would be in my top ten favorite films of the year. And I would join Nick in the ranks of the Marvel oh, allergic. But here we are. God. <laughs> That's right, baby. That's right. Nick, I'm it, so sorry. He matured, he, he matured late. That's the excuse, it's right? The Nick, I think it it's the beard. It's the beard. It gave him experience. It gave him a little bit of gravitas, more than he already has, which, I mean, look at him. 
Just look. You can't oh, well, you I'm can't looking. see him, uh, listeners. You can't see him, but my God, it's like you he's de aging. He just looks beautiful. As I think when he grew he the looked. beard, I think that it grew like the biggest ball bush of all time underneath <laughs> his sack. And it just gave him this confidence and it just built him up into this monstrous elevated level of what Loisos was once thought to be. And now he is an entity. He is above the human spectrum. I'm just picturing like a giant ZZ top beard hanging from his tape. <laughs> his legs like dragging on the ground. I'm putting some beard oil on this shit. I got to comb it every day. It's got to get pushed all the way down. You best not remove do, that. Do, That's do, what, you, do you braid it and wrap it around your dick? <laughs> your wisdom relies from the sack beard. It must it must be groomed. It needs to be treated well. Oh my well. god. I, I was wondering to myself, how long would it take before we started talking about dicks when we hit the record button? Guys, it was like six minutes. Okay. And 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 that's like there was like two three minutes of just like pre like we didn't get to the recording recording part yet so yeah it, it's it, it's not our fastest not our fastest no. we can we can do better we can do we better. can do we'll better, better 100 next time we, we'll, we'll we'll definitely try I mean but when it comes to loy sauces package I mean I think that's the one that should be talked about the most considering. That we don't, we no longer have drunk hobo bastards that sleep in the Ned Divine's dumpsters. Bitches can't get enough of my stuff <laughs> as a part of this. So it's, we got to, we got to reach down deep into the next best thing, which we know is the sauce. And well, you know, I just got to say, ladies and gentlemen, this is a very special Christmas present to you. Uh, we didn't talk about doing this and we didn't want to let anyone know. We wanted this to be a special surprise. And actually, I think it was Loy Sauce's idea. As we were walking out of an advanced screening of Spider-Man, uh, I don't even know how the fuck to get home Home's or whatever in it's there. called. Home's in there. Home's somewhere and, in there. And, and and I forgot what you said. You said something like, wouldn't it be nice if we did an episode like we used to do on the You're Marvel not my movies? dad. What? Well, I knew <sighs> that I knew that Nick would be seeing this movie because uh, the promise or the the titillation of some Garfield and Maguire action, uh, I think, was was uh, too powerful for him to resist. So Nick was finding himself in the theater for this movie. We had just watched it and we're and we're buzzing about it. So I figured, you know, why not? <laughs> so excuse you, sir. Excuse you. We have not even built the spoiler wall. You can't build. You can't say spoilers build yet. I didn't wall. say they were in build it. That wall. Build that wall. Build that wall. I only look played it just so I could see the look, look at, on his you, face you just, whenever he you plays just, it. You added lines to his forehead. He's got crow's feet automatically in five minutes. He hadn't heard that man's... That, my that, eyes twitching. That man's <laughs> voice has not gone through his eardrums in, well, a couple of years now, almost. And it's like, I just saw a mage in front of me. I didn't say wow. they were in it. I just said that there was the uh, the speculation... Now you're gonna die. Garfield this show, <laughs> this show has always been a spoiler show. Epic film guys have never really shied away from spoilers, un- unless we've told you so. But even then, we still spoil something for you. So listen, we know that like seventy five percent of the entire fucking planet has seen Spider Man. I don't know how the fuck Home has anything to do with the name of this movie. Yeah, third Whatever it's called, biggest 
like opening ever of ever ever that's ever? insane absolutely in, in, insane i mean they're playing it just like for for context like at the theater here that i go to no longer the amc the dreary amc with the uh recliner seats and uh in vestal but now the regal at the ithaca mall which it's a nice theater it's a regal theater though so i have to patronize my sworn enemy to see movies regularly now but it is what it is it's fine the screens are actually really nice. I can't really. I was going to say, I was gonna it's ask, actually was a like, really good theater. Yeah. There's no more exam table seating. No more exam or... table seating. No. no. Okay. It's good, a really good. nice. It's actually really, really nice. I got to see it in like their big, big theater. on like the biggest screen that they have, uh, which is really, really nice. Way bigger than anything that I ever used to see things on at the, at the old school AMC theater. AMC but, Vestal. Man. God rest its soul. God rest its soul. That's that's good. That's that that's that's fantastic that you and you said that's only like five minutes from where you live. Yeah, so. literally, I could walk there in less than an hour. So I mean, it's it's just a quick hop, skip, and a jump right down yeah, right down the road. So to our EFG listeners who haven't heard you speak on this show, I think it was the last time we got we got together was for the Mortal Kombat reboot remake, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Or oh did my we god! Do, did we do Godzilla versus Kong? I forgot. Listen, I I've yeah, got we like did three. Godzilla versus Kong. Three Tito's in my hands, right? We did Godzilla versus so, but it's been a long time. Maybe, maybe fill in our listeners. I mean, we know we have another show that you're doing. Like, yeah, what the fuck is up in the world of Nick? Uh, I live in Ithaca now. Uh, I moved at the end of October, finally, after being trapped within Endicott for so, 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 so many years. So it's really, really good to be here. Nikolai's Kitchen's in its third season. And going absolutely wonderfully. Uh, I I really, really, really love. If I have a passion besides movies, it's absolutely food. I love being in the kitchen. I love creating. And you know, it's uh, I'm trying to make the world better, one dish at a time. It's all about positivity, positive energy, and and uh, scratch made food. So, yeah, be kind well, to yourselves. The, like it's 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 yeah. just my thing. Like whenever I talk about my show, I just gotta tell people: be kind to yourselves. Be kind to somebody else. The world has got way too much hate and way too much negativity in it. Although we'll probably get into some of that thing we talk about. Oh movie. no, but, you some know, old school Nick. Be good to yourselves. Be kind to yourselves, especially with the holiday season coming up. Be the best you that you can be. Be the best you that you can be. And not to pull the rug out from underneath you, Mister Saucy, you have not graced our presence on this show since like june or something so i'm sure our listeners especially those all across the world that don't necessarily follow us on social media platforms are probably like where the fuck did the guy with the socks go i need to know daddy's gonna spank you with the belt now i wanted to i still kind of want to you should yeah where the fuck you been dude what have you been doing well I, i i took a sabbatical from the show I guess you could say I, I, I divorced you, Justin. Yes, you did. <laughs> you left me. You left me. I don't know what for. I don't know what I did, but that's fine. I've, 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 I mean, every relationship, for the most part, my entire life has failed. So that's I'm, I'm used to it. It's fine. Is Danielle there? Did she hear you say that? <laughs> <laughs> She's in the other room. And I've learned that after all these years of doing this show, that unless I yell or the hopesters here she can't hear anything so it's fine well no i i took a little break because work was ramping up again i work at the alamo draft house and um as as the 
theaters opened, more new releases came out, uh, specialty programming came back. I, ha- I kind of had my hands full. I've been focusing my time on that and, and in my relationship and just um, trying to get by because the world is an unending nightmare from which there is no waking. So <laughs> there she be. There it is. Aside from the very good things in my life, as I said, my relationship, I really enjoy my job. Film Club's back, Terror Tuesday's back, all the things that were kind of my my lifeblood. This Christmas, uh, I'm going to be spending it with my loved ones and not out in the freezing cold temperatures so people can watch Wonder Woman 1984 at a drive-in <laughs> that is for some reason open on oh, Christmas Day. God, I totally forgot that you were enduring that this in time last year. zero temperatures, so... Thank goodness, 2021 was a shit show, but it was decidedly less of a shit show than than last year was. So everything's coming up, loy sauce. It's you gotta so squirt good. that freely. Squirt it freely into the new year. I, exactly, 2022, baby. <laughs> See how far That's you're going to get cum. with that. Listen, I, there's this weird thing. It's been a long time. I know I'm probably not going to hear it in my headphones, but there's something that we used to do on this show that I really miss that I need to endure inside myself and become one with on this episode. It's something we love. You know what I'm talking about. There's a little segment on this show that you remember. It's called, What Are You Drinking? I'm sorry. I, 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 I totally hit the wrong drop there. I'm so sorry. Oh, my God. <laughs> was, <laughs> was not the right one at all. <laughs> I mean, of course. Yeah, baby. You oh, know it. You know it. Oh, well, we're back. here. You can rally. Yeah. Yeah. Give me a <laughs> And I know. I know the both of you have something way more interesting in oh, your hands oh. than I do. Oh, you don't even you don't even know. I don't even know. The level of interesting that I have. Let's, so I'm going to I'm going <sighs> to. I'm going to open, I'm going to show, this is unopened, unopened. You can see on the top there, this is not opened yet. But in my Christmas stocking, I am a 41-year-old man, ladies and gentlemen. In my Christmas stocking, my mother gave me Corona. That's right, I have a (laughs) Corona Extra Tall Boy. And I just cracked it open there, and I'm going to have it. Out of loy sauce. There we go. <laughs> Get it in there. This poor. There's no perfect combination known to man. This is going to taste like absolute battery acid. Justin, I, I hope you screenshotted that. I did not. Nick pouring Corona into a loy sauce mug. I've still got the can and I've still got the cup. We can still make it happen. <laughs> i do have i do th- this this was just my little fun joke because uh, i kept making jokes with her with rebecca like when are we gonna have like this big blowout party because i have one big tall boy of corona extra literally the greatest thing of all time but i'm honored that you saved it for us <laughs> once i knew we were doing this i was like i have to do it for what are you drinking i really really have to <laughs> i do have a little something else though that i'm also gonna open Right now, it's craft beer season, Justin. You know how much on this show we love our delicious stouts and everything. So I have, I've never had this before, actually. This is Empire Brewing's Holiday Magic, their peppermint Ooh. 
chocolate stout. So I'm going to pour this shit. bad boy up. That sounds amazing. I can't I wait to taste label. this. So I'm going to pour this up while Loy Sauce tells us what he's got guzzling down his gullet. Well, in the, in the theme of Christmas, uh, I have a Two Silos Brewing Company gingerbread ale, spiced winter seasonal. I thought he was going to say he uh, had Dos Equis again. <laughs> I had a Dos Equis just last night, so it's still my drink of choice. But uh, No surprise. But it's the holiday season, and I figured um, I would try it. And it's not bad at all. It would probably be better as a stout. But you still get a nice little taste of holiday gingerbread in there. So uh What in the bad. fuck is the ABV on that shit though? Is that some pussy boy drink or a real man's drink there, Mr. Sauce? It is. Seven point two. Oh, okay. In the middle. Yeah. And it has a very adorable label. Yo. I like it's, it. It's literally a gingerbread man. He has uh constructed himself a ladder and has climbed up a a, a pint. A glass of beer and is just... He also looks totally shit-faced. I'm sure he is, but it looks like a, a nice bath for him. So, anyway, that's that. Just to just yeah, to and- report back on my on my <laughs> peppermint chocolate stout, I'm going to give it two different ratings. One rating is compared to Corona Extra. Uh, it is literally like drinking like liquid gold. It is the greatest thing I've ever tasted. 11 a out more of 10. realistic beer review, however, would be, yeah, it's like a three out of five. It's okay. The mint is very, very subtle in it, which I don't think mint, like strong mint would work well in a beer. So I'm kind of glad that it's subtle, but it's not really like, Justin, you think about like a good dessert style. You think about like that creamy. But yeah, like it's just, yeah, it's. It's it's just kind of it's it's fine it's it's fine Dan I'm sorry it's fine it's fine well what I have in my hand is the most fine thing known to man and when I go to any bar or classy club or restaurant regardless of the area or the state or the country or the continent they all know how to make it. I'm drinking a Tito's and soda. <laughs> this ain't no double. This ain't no quadruple. It's to the top with a splash with lime. I really wanted to find something special for you guys, but the truth of the matter is, and I even texted you guys before we sat down to record, we took uh, our two remaining dogs that are still alive to see Santa Claus tonight and have a Santa Claus picture. And it took a long time. My sauce, we went to Tyson's Corner and there was like a billion, quadrillion people there waiting in line with their dogs. So those plans were ruined. I legit really wanted to find a special beer. Next time it'll have to be because Nick knows Christmas season. I love all those really spicy, thick, heavy beers. So much so that I actually reached out again this year to Southern Tier and said, where the fuck is Krampus? I need him now. Give him to me. They don't make it anymore. Like, what in the actual fuck is that, man? It's one of the best beers they ever made, and Southern Tier doesn't make Krampus. They don't make a bunch of their good stuff anymore. Like, they used to make that cinnamon roll beer that I actually made homemade cinnamon rolls with it before, and it was like the greatest thing ever. They don't make it anymore. I've, I've never seen it since that year. And and that was God four years ago probably now, like I yeah that's the kind of you know if if it doesn't sell well enough you know things just kind of 
disappear very no, but sadly. Krampus, but there's always was... Justin Corona Extra La Cerveza Masfina. I mean, it's literally the beer equivalent of what I drink in, in terms of Tito's and but that that's just kind of where I go now for the most part. But hopefully, Nick, one of these days soon, I'm going to be up for Christmas. Hopefully, uh, look at his face. Look at his face. Look at his fucking face. Just look at it. Look at it. He's yeah. Listeners, he, I was making a super happy smiley face. I don't know yeah, what he's talking yeah. about. Well, but <laughs> it's been like a year and a half. I can't even remember the last time we did a what are you drinking segment on this show. So, wow. Literally, I don't get to wow. do it. I don't get to do it on on, on Nikolai's kitchen. So it's good. It's always good. It's always good to to play the old hits, man. It's always good to play the old classics. I'm a, I'm I'm a big fan of it. Yeah. So what we're gonna do real quick here is we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we are going to get into saucy. Tell them. Tell them. That's what they came here for. What are they getting? What are they getting? What are they getting? A full length spoiler review of Spider-Man No Way Home. Are you sure it's not I don't know how the fuck to get home or it's not I don't know my way home or how does he not know how to get home? <sighs> Spider-Man stumbling home drunk from the bar. There, Spider-Man Spider-Hopster? <laughs> Spider-Hopster we're going way too far back. People don't even know what the fuck we're talking about. That's cool. It's good. We'll be right back. Hey. What's the problem? What? With the car. What's the problem? Just get out of my fucking face. Who are you? We're still in the fucking car. What's it to you? It's my car. How are you going to die? Are you out of control? Yes. Wildly, wildly you, out of control. Are you the man behind the mask? <laughs> I fucking hate you. Is this what tonight's show is going to be like? I'm the man behind the mask. I'm the man behind the mask. And I'm out of control. Man behind the mask. <laughs> He's the man behind the mask. And he's out of control. I'm the man behind the mask. I'm the man behind the mask. And I'm out of control. And he's out of control. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, and all of you folks out there. Thanks for tuning in to the Epic Film Guys podcast. And let us get on with the main event. The reason why we're all here, Spider-Man, Spoderman, Ooh. No Way Home. He's a spider person. This is and, um, Epic Film Frog here, and I want to tell you, go fuck yourself. <laughs> Get that frog out of here. I mean, listen, the movie had so many characters in it, they could have used a frog in there, too. Why not? Just have Kermit <sighs> the Frog show up. Why not? Yeah, and him as part of the final battle. <laughs> everyone else is in this movie. It is yeah. true. Everyone else is in this movie. Full spoilers. Uh, everyone in the world has seen this movie. If you have not, back the fuck off 
and uh, come listen to it at a later time. But we are going to get into the deep, dark, nitty gritty gritty of Spider-Man. I still don't know how the fuck I'm getting home tonight, even though they're I'm in home. it. They're in it. They're, they're both in it. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So since this used to be your job and I know you, you're not prepared for this saucy, I'm still going to throw this at you. If anyone is not familiar with what this movie is supposed to be or what it's about. Oh, please. come on. Oh, if, yes, I'm going to throw. You think anything's <laughs> changed? You think leaving me for six months for uh, two other people and some other different thing? It's going to change. You're, you still have your job. It's your job. It's your it's your job. You're doing it. You're talking like a character from this movie. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Well, I saw it twice. So Scooby-Doo this shit. Yeah, go is this ahead. Goodfellas? Remember Goodfellas? That part in Goodfellas? Do y'all remember that part in the movie where yeah, Happy yeah, it, well, talks about Goodfellas? God, I hate Marvel movies so much. <laughs> oh, okay. No. So did I make the wrong decision here? <laughs> this film picks up directly from where 2019's Far From Home left off, and Spider-Man's true identity is revealed to the world, which brings Peter Parker's superhero responsibilities into conflict with his normal life and uh, puts those he cares about most at risk. And he enlists Doctor Strange's help to make the entire world forget. And then the spell goes awry, tearing a hole in the fabric of space and time and releasing several of Spider-Man's most powerful villains from different universes. And now Spidey faces his greatest challenge, returning the villains to their respective homes as the future of the multiverse rests in the balance. Oh, yeah. And there's that other thing that we like to say after that that happens. What is it? And then. And hijinks ensue. Yeah. <laughs> With Spider General, people. General Tom Foolery and antics. No, Tom yes. Hollandry. <laughs> oh, hashtag no. that shit will make that, that was, popular. That was terrible. I liked waka, it though. Waka. I kind of liked it. That could probably become popular. People don't care on Twitter how dumb something is. They just follow it anyways because it's cool. So, so Justin, um, you and I saw this at an advanced screening oh, yeah. last week. Mm-hmm. Um, we each saw it a second time since. I'd like to talk about my experience watching this movie the second time, if I may, before you, we get you, to the You can. I just wanted to make it clear that out of all the advanced screenings that I've been to throughout the years or since Epic Film Guys has been in existence, this is the first time that walking in they required your phones to be like in a mm. ziploc bag and put into a separate secure backpack in which you could not locate until after the movie that's right which is crazy i mean i understand it knowing you know after seeing the movie and such but we were i guess the minority when it came to that the other screenings and other locations were able to like do, do a regular advanced screening like do their pictures and all that. I was like, yeah, it was, was kind of weird, did, but I've been, I've been to several advanced screenings where they've taken your phones before. I think they did it for Spectre and a few others that I went to, but um, yeah, it's uh, it's it's not considered. Well, it might be standard practice, and then other theaters just don't don't do it. But I don't know. I guess it depends on the movie. I I'm guess like, it I'm like, on- but bro, then I I can't post that I'm seeing the movie before everyone else, so I'm I'm no longer like. <laughs> An established social media special. I don't. I'm nobody now. Because I'll be like, "Oh, (laughs) motherfucker, you just took a picture in front of the poster. You ain't seen the movie." They don't. They don't believe it. But poser, you saw the poser, (laughs) spider poser. You saw the movie. 
and something I don't even know what it is. You you explained this to me this last week. Yes. 4DX. It's called Regal 4DX. Ugh. And a famed Four Marvel dicks in your mouth Four, at the four, same time. Four dicks, exactly. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, famed Marvel provocateur Martin Scorsese compared superhero movies to theme park rides. So I figured, why not see this movie in a format as close to a theme park ride as you can possibly get? The website says that 4DX is a multi-sensory cinematic experience, quote, in which the seats kind of pitch and roll along with the action on the screen. There are also other 4D effects advertised like um, wind and rain and lightning and fog effects scents that are pumped into the theater at specific points and back and butt ticklers uh, so oh, 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 oh. yeah you do, get a little tickle do fake hands come out from under the seat and tickle your balls too <laughs> just about they, so for 16 dollars, you can get a little you can get a little uh i think there may be a future in this nick i think I think they're on to something. <laughs> this is the future. It reminds me because we just we just screened Matinee, uh, the great Joe Dante film from the '90s, in which John Goodman plays a uh, a, a William, Castle William Castle. Yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah. And he's like installing buzzers in the seats, and there's all sorts of pyrotechnics. And I, I leaned over to my partners at one point, and I said, "Like we're gonna be doing this when we go see Spider Man on Sunday." Basically, like this, th- that gimmickry has not died out in the film. Like whenever Spider Man shot a web, there were these tiny hoses that were placed on either side of your uh, of your head that would spit out air to give you the impression that the webbing is like grazing your ear. Um, so in theory, it's a really immersive way to watch a film. There are portions in which I think in, in, in kind of enhance the experience. It was super cool. At, at a couple points, it kind of got my heart rate going. However, it's not like the seats sway from side to side and rumble occasionally like D-Box. You and I saw famously went to the a 10 Yes, we yes. went to a 10 p.m. 3D D-Box screening of Monster Trucks God, together. A film that was so underrated for its year, it had, should have been nominated for fucking Best Actor, Best Supporting Actor, Best Cinematography, Best Direction. Uh, it was just so underrated. So it's it's not just like D-Box. These seats really jerk you about. So if you have popcorn... Uh, they jerk you about? They do. Really? In more ways than one. No. Um, if you have popcorn or nachos or worse, like a back or neck problem, then or, honestly, or like, God help you. Or like a hard cock. Or... <laughs> Never gonna get through this. This is gonna be a three-hour episode. Oh it's my god! Four DX, dude. I don't. What am I supposed to do? You just said the words. But yeah, they're not playing around. Um, so the seats really—they—they. Uh, It's—it's like a proper theme park ride. The other four D effects, however, were kept at an almost hilarious minimum. You could tell at certain parts, so like when Electro appears on screen and there's electricity, there was one light in the back right-hand corner of the theater that kept flashing on and off, and none of the other lights in the theater flashed. And then there was one point where Peter's in, in the snow, and there was like a fan that blew snow, but it was only at the far right-hand side of the theater closest to the screen, and there were fans all around us. So I'm like, 
okay, I feel like this should be surrounding us and filling the theater with effects, but it's not. It's like they didn't have everything turned on. I don't know if literally just every other fan and every other light in the theater was broken and they just hadn't fixed them all year, or if they're like saving money and just only have one element working at a time. I have no idea. But I just want to caution our our listeners that despite the premium that you pay to go see a film in 4DX, the full experience may not even be offered to you. So I felt that the 4DX was simultaneously overwhelming because of how how much I got my shit rocked by the <laughs> by the seats and underwhelming because of uh I just feel like if you're paying a premium for a for an experience and the full experience is not given to you then um why bother Well the question <laughs> is I mean the main question is when you left did your tidy whities did your Spider-Man underwear have like a white to blue stain <laughs> at the tip at the end cuz if it did then white to blue well you're young. When I was your age, it was a lot of different colors. I don't. <laughs> I don't I, even know what's happening right now. It, it, anyway, it, 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 so uh, yeah, yeah, you know. But all right, so we have our resident Marvel aficionado, the biggest Marvel lover in the world. You'll never meet anyone that's loved Marvel movies more than this man, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, Mister Nick. Haskins, <sighs> your initial thoughts on Spider-Man, I still don't know where the fuck I am and how to get home. So, with with some caveats, and, and I'll list those caveats as we kind of go through the review, because I've got a lot of different things to kind of unpack and a lot of different things to say about this movie and the things that I really, really think that it didn't do well, uh, but those things aside, I actually kind of loved it. I actually kind of <sighs> loved it. Like, and, and it's, it's mostly for me, mostly for me, it is because of Tom Holland and Zendaya. I think they have fantastic chemistry. I think their scenes together are, are amazing. I think Holland, I'm not, I'm not going to get on the mountaintops like Colby Mack and start screaming for him to get nominated for best actor for his performance or anything. But I think he gives a better performance necessarily than a superhero film usually gets. And like, I even want to talk about things like, like, even though it's a small part, but like Andrew Garfield carries like a lot of emotion in his performance, like as Spider-Man, like it's amazing to me that they went to kind of the emotional depth with some of these characters that they did. And that's one thing I've always like I've always loved about films is really, really getting in depth into character stuff. There's a lot about this movie I feel like doesn't work. Uh, the Marvel quippiness, the stupid like quippy liners scooby-doo this shit it's it's still like really really dumb marvel writing and i still really really hate dumb marvel writing and like there's there's stuff about this movie that doesn't work but i think like the emotional core of it which is tom holland and zendaya and like even marissa tomei throw her in there i think that core is solid i think that's a really really solid core and yeah, it, it it worked for me in that regard. So, I, like I said, with 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 some with some reservations, I loved it. 
See, for me, I, I, I think I came out of a another asshole, some other guy that watched the movie before me, and I was regurgitated into that. It was weird because when I walked out of the first advanced screening that I saw this movie, yes, I cheered. Yes, I clapped. Yes, I laughed. Yes, I was super excited because, let's face it, we all fucking knew what was in this movie. But I found myself having a lot of trouble with the first two acts. I, I, I thought that going into it for the first time, there's this whole amazing open field of like, what would it be like to be Spider-Man, to be Peter Parker and have the entire world know you're Spider-Man. And they take that concept and they throw it in the dumpster immediately. It's like the first 15 minutes of the movie He's automatically, and in this world, it's different than, for example, Garfield Spider-Man's world or McGuire Spider-Man's world. They have to deal with this as a human character with special powers. In this world, much like the line says in the movie, I was part of the Avengers. So he has the advantage immediately to just go walk down. I don't like my life right now. My life isn't, I mean, imagine that. Having a life you don't like and being able to walk down a few blocks to a different area in New York City and walk and find a wizard that you worked with to save the world and go, Scooby, I kind of want this fixed. Just, 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 just fix it for me. And like, it only takes like five seconds to convince him to do it. It just seems all so convenient. Now I understand why that is. It's a Marvel movie and due to the pacing and where they need to go for, you know, the third act and everything, they're, they're setting things up very quickly, very easily. We know that's how this stuff works in these movies. I was just hoping for higher stakes, man. I mean, like, I think there would have been a, a much more interesting story. Give us maybe half the movie of him as Peter Parker trying to live with this burden, much like we've seen Andrew Garfield's version and Tobey Maguire's version do in their movies, you know, how am I supposed to be this person and deal with this pressure? And instead, just like the rest of these movies we've seen with this version of Spider-Man, he has an out immediately. He's able to go to somebody else and go, here, it's not Stark anymore, but now it's Doctor Strange. Fix this for me because I'm just a dumb kid. I'm a really smart kid with no street smarts. And I found that really frustrating, actually. Like, it's cool because it leads to better stuff for the movie, for me as a, a hardcore fan, to get me to the stuff that I really want. But at the same time, I'm like, you're basically just tarnishing this version of this character. Like, he can't handle anything on his own. Whereas we already know, much later in the movie, the other versions of Spider-Man that we've already endured cinematically are much more capable of handling things on their own. I think I, I'm I'm more aligned with Justin on this. Um, I, I don't I don't want to be a Scrooge. Uh, I know that a lot of people really took warmly to this movie. There is a universe in which this movie just worked 100% for me. There's a universe in which I ignore any misgivings I may have with the film and just throw my arms around it and embrace it wholeheartedly. Unfortunately, though, I live in this universe where I feel like it, it's it's kind of the peak of ultra-homogenized, ultra-serialized corporate product, and also 
just like pandering legacy obsessed fan service and and brand loyalty circle jerk. This isn't a terrible movie by any means necessary. I would be lying if I said I wasn't filled with absolute rapture at seeing some of the old characters again. I even admire its dedication to taking this Spider-Man back to the roots of the character, as opposed to relegating him to a bumbling Tony Stark protege, as was the case in the previous two installments. I do think that Peter has an arc in this film. who He kind of starts off as the kind of seeking help from other characters the, the, who kind of are a mentor or father figure to him, and he overcomes that he as does, the film He does goes take on. control. He does take control at some yeah. point in the movie, for sure. Furthermore, I think the film benefits from a second watch because it's so weirdly paced and it throws so much shit at you that you're left just like floundering in its wake. I like to think that I'm a pretty perceptive movie watcher, but there were things I missed the first time and even the second time I watched it. For example, at one point, Spidey gets doused with green paint in a montage from, I I, I guess... Like uh, a random fans, fan, fans of yeah. Mysterio are are uh, against Spidey, which again that would have been a unique angle to tackle a story. But there's there's no time for any of that because it's so it's crammed with so much other stuff. But anyway, he gets doused with green paint. This shot lasts for like half a second. Then later on, there's another montage in which you see Peter is trying to wash the suit and you see him like trying to scrub the green paint off in the sink that shot lasts for half a second then the next time you see spider-man he's in a completely black suit with like gold lining and i was wondering like where the hell did he get this suit he just shows up wearing this completely different suit i guarantee you saucy that there's some marvel fan out there that's like they showed that suit in the background of some other movie it was then explained to me by my partners that the suit he's wearing in that scene is actually his ruined suit he's just wearing it inside inside out. out yeah Okay, but like, was that information conveyed to the audience at any point? I don't think so. I think you were just meant to infer it. I mean, that's what I thought it was because it looked like the design of it looked janky. And like, if you look at like the the way that the like the webbing and stuff like was sticking out, like it looked like the like the inside stitching, like on the inside of a shirt, like it looked like a seam of a shirt. It looks almost like like to me. If you look, it looks like almost like the inside of a computer. You know what I mean? Like. it's it's very rough. Yeah, because of like the electronics or whatever everywhere. that are, that yeah, are yeah. part of the suit or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I, I just I don't feel think like the, the pacing... film telegraphs that to you. I think you're right, but I I think it, you're just meant to infer it. I just think that the pacing of the movie is so breakneck that like crucial information is not conveyed to the audience. And I know that people listening to this are just going to assume that I'm too dumb to understand the movie. But no, but they know that's... you're the sauce. They know you're the sauce. And if they don't, He's they'll the learn God by the end of, their... of podcasting, ladies. And but men. I mean, I watched this movie twice and there were things like that that I was just but like, listen, what's happening? We need <laughs> to get faster to the scene with Doc Ock, which again, I, I'm, I'm just going to tell you like legit guys. We all know. Where I walked into this movie and how I walked into this movie and I was like, I just want those guys villains back i just want those characters back i just want those spider-men back yeah he just and he just wants the he just wants the nostalgia boner road because that's very much justin's bag is to literally just get absolutely overloaded with nostalgia and loisos i think you're exactly correct about this movie i do think that this is like hyper nostalgia boner rubbing this is like so invested in like jerking itself off of like the legacy of like spider-man and spider-man villains past 
why are there no other villains or any other Spider-Man in this movie, aside from cinematic ones that we're already familiar with? There's so much else that they could have done with this concept. And like, they could have thrown in like a random villain that we've never seen before from some other yeah. universe, from another some Spider-Man other universe, from some yeah. other universe that they could have thrown yeah. into this. But instead they just chose to completely co-toe to nostalgia. They just wanted to throw all the characters that you know and love in your face because they know that's going to be like people in the audience are going to be like, Ooh, ah, oh, that's so great. Oh, look, it's Doc Ock. Oh, look, it's Green Goblin. Why couldn't you give us one thing? Like, that's why, like, a film like Spider-Verse is better than a film like this, because it gives you all these just kind of random different things. If we're pulling from literally every conceivable reality, every conceivable reality, why did we get literally Spider-Man and villains from two? Two whole different Where's universes. Where's my Dane DeHaan goblin? Where's James Franco's new goblin, well, motherfucker? Th- th- they were very selective in what they and what they chose to put in the movie. They picked I, I, the lizard. Well, well, but they had they, to choose. They didn't even redesign they him. Had to, they had to choose one <laughs> villain from each movie because oh god, they they figured okay, we have to have at least one villain from each iteration of Spider-Man, and I think they were very smart about which villains they chose. Um, we had nobody was lining up to see Topher Grace's venom in this, and I think but he, Sony he, wouldn't well, have allowed that. I think a line of dialogue, but Sony wouldn't have allowed well, th- that, though. Well, and I think that when Marvel started out the Tom Holland Spider-Man timeline, they were very smart to not include things like Norman Osborn and Harry Osborn and 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 things like and that Uncle that ben we recognize and, yeah, from other the other stuff. movies, yeah. because there was always the like the opportunity down the line to do a movie like this. Yeah. I think Into the Spider Verse was kind of like a test drive to see if audiences do you would guys be think on board. I mean, to cut with the off, multiverse concept. Do you think they had this idea in mind all along, or did multiverse? Based on Spider-Verse, really just okay. Do you think that was their test? I don't think to this I I don't think to this degree, but I think that there was probably always somewhere in here. They did it with J. Jonah Jameson in Far From Home as well. Like that's why they brought back J.K. Simmons to play that role instead of recasting. But he's a he's a different version, though. He's not even the same version. It's still ostensibly the same type of character. Like he's not quippy and funny like he was in the Raimi films, which is a a really sad loss. Like now he's just kind of like a, a right wing, like Fox news commentator. Yeah. Now, now which he's is like, now, now he's a Trump lover. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like weird, but um, like <laughs> he's, they, Alex they Jones. Know he's Alex Jones. Man, he's info movies, fucking wars. <laughs> they know, they know watching these movies. Like if you're going to cast another doc, Ock, and like granted, you can look at the DC side of things, like how many times they've recasted the Joker, how many times that has worked and like different characters that they've brought in, 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 in other cinematic comic book movies. But I feel like they didn't want to try to rewrite history here. I feel like they, it's like Loisaw said, they literally just wanted to almost kind of play the greatest hits. They wanted to slam them all. And, 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 and I'm not complaining at all. Like, I think Willem Dafoe is fantastic in this film. I love his character in this Absolutely film. Absolutely fucking brilliant. So delicious to see Amazing. him get the shoe on that. Even more. I love Alfred Merlina as Doc Ock. He's great to see, too. I really enjoyed some of those different aspects. I really enjoyed seeing those characters. And I think Andrew Garfield gives a better performance in this movie than any comic book movie really deserves. Like, there's so much emotion wrapped up in his performance. Like, just that scene of where he catches MJ and, like, how he's overwhelmed with emotion because of Gwen Stacy's death and Amazing Spider-Man 2. I cried, man. Like, there's some real like emotional depth like to these characters and the film to its credit this film lets them have those moments but i think my biggest problem with this film remains why is it just this why couldn't they explore 
more? Why couldn't we see stuff from more universes? And I don't mean shadows of like little cloud people up in the sky. Like Rhino. Just we see Rhino as a shadow in the like, sky. Scorpion. Yeah. I swear, yeah. I don't want to it's, it's because, it, well, we'll, we'll, we're we'll saving get it for that. later. It's Marvel. We'll get that we're in the other movies. This was, this was yeah. really their opportunity to tie up loose ends from the other movies, which I thought was nice. We learned that Peter and Mary Jane, or Toby's Peter and Mary Jane are still together. Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man like went down a really dark road, and that was really interesting because if you have a Spider-Man who's just filled with like anger and and regret and and guilt, what that would do and, and imagine to, his to that version, version of the character. Imagine his version, too. I think they made... And we'll never get that, despite the, the Twitter listen, campaigns. listen. I will do every single fucking thing I can in the world to get that. I will do the hashtag. <laughs> I will tweet it. I will listen. As we talked about this pre-show, we are in a world where Restore the Snyderverse gave us one of the best DC fucking movies of all time. A movie that all three of us loved. We reviewed on the show. A movie that I never thought Lois Huss would ever, ever admit to liking let alone saying one of his favorites of the year. So we are in a world now where fans can dictate what's coming out of these studios. They're paying attention. So I think, listen, you're shaking your head. But I have a feeling this is a it, one and done. I, I, it, it, I doubt can that be, Mark Webb will be returning it, for the Amazing well, Spider-Man It can 3. be. It can be. But at the same time, like I, all bets are off at this point. This transcends way back before Zack Snyder's Justice League or anything like that, because this is a world that has consistently over the past, what, 10 years been reviving franchise properties 20, 30, 40 years after the take and bringing in the old characters, you know, rewriting continuities and and just giving us new spins on these characters in older settings. Like, I'm not going to say never. I'm, I'm, I'm probably less interested in seeing an exploration of Tobey Maguire, like old Spider-Man in his CGI suit. Like, I don't really care for that so much necessarily. I, I just, I loved what Garfield did in the film so much. I'm kind of sad we didn't get more of the exploration of the kind of darkness that that character went through when he lost Gwen Stacy. And it makes me sad that we didn't get more of those movies, but there's a saturation point and we have to have hit it by now. And if we haven't, it's coming close. And I think if you start throwing there's already another Spider-Verse movie coming. There's definitely a fourth Tom Holland Spider-Man movie coming. There's way more Marvel Well, they just stuff. announced they're doing three more with him if, if yeah. he agrees to them, you know? And he the, will. The, he loves he loves playing uh, Spider-Man, so I don't, the I don't one point that feel I, that. I, I wanted to bring up so much is that, Lois Oss, you made a great point on Twitter. I don't know if you're prepared to discuss it on the show, but we've got Nightmare Alley being bumped from theaters. They're canceling screenings, They're canceling of, Nightmare screenings Alley of Nightmare Alley to Alley. make room for more I mean, Spider-Man. Disney is booting its own movies that yeah, it This is playing like every half an hour at my theater. And I it, get it. it well, but like what Disney is doing, and, and I wanted to bring this to you because you seem like you're the expert on this right at this moment. <laughs> well, well, hey, I'm just going off of what I don't you, know about expert. But. They're monopolizing to the point where they're going to kick themselves in the ass or in the dick well, i should say at my local alamo draft house we're currently playing encanto nightmare alley spider-man the king's man and west side story all owned by disney we are not so showing a single film that is not owned by disney in some capacity spider-man is sony but disney has financial stakes in it at least 25 percent of, of box yeah. office proceeds so there is 
a sense that like are all movies going to be owned by Disney in the future? Like, are they just going to buy out? All- but if that's the thing, like they're eating their own because they're releasing films like West Side Story and Nightmare Alley that may or may not have gotten an audience in pre-COVID times. But we're now at a point where audiences are only comfortable going to the theater to see the big event movies that are comfort food. They know going into a Marvel movie exactly what they're going to get every time. They're not looking to be challenged. They're not looking to be moved. They're looking to be comforted by that Marvel blanket. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because, again, working in a cinema, I'm extremely glad that people are showing up in droves to the theater because that's my livelihood. Like if, if, if people weren't going to the theater, then I wouldn't have a job to go to. So I'm grateful. But at the same time, I'm concerned about the landscape going forward. Because if all people are going to the theater to see is the the next Marvel movie, that's all we're going but to dude, get. But dude, that Doc Ock scene on the bridge. <laughs> just going to say, you made me hold off on this until we sat down to do this. Because I had a second viewing, I got to go see the movie for a second time at the brand new Alamo Draft House East in DC in the big show, and I 100% enjoyed it way sure. more than I did on my first viewing. But I still had my problems. I think that nostalgia boner that Nick was talking about earlier, that's what they're really going for. I think they oh, 100%. want 100%. They want the people that loved the last two movies or Holland Spidey in the past three movies he's been in and the people that are like, oh, man, I just I just miss those other Spider-Man movies. I just want a true Spider-Man movie. I when that bridge scene happened and you see the first tentacle come up from underneath the ground and go. I was like goosebumps. And I looked over at Danielle. I was like, yes, this is what you're here for. And it was so entertaining. And when you get to the second act and they're just trying to figure things out and, you know, they've trapped all the villains, that's where we get. And I think this is where the loophole in terms of quality is. But at the same time, we get Willem Dafoe's amazing performance in these scenes as Norman Osborn. He's no longer the Green Goblin. And this was the opportunity for him to really shine and show this version of the character that he really wanted to explore. Apparently, as we've known through social media and interviews and such, he refused to do this movie if it was just like a glorified cameo, like him doing the voice, just popping in. He really wanted to do a full version of the Goblin. And I think this may have influenced the filmmakers and Marvel since he had such a huge past and history with these guys. He was like, no, I want to make this character so much bigger. And I think that's what really makes this movie special. Doc Ock, I mean, as a right now, up until this point, we all considered him from Spider-Man 2 probably the best Spider-Man cinematic villain. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. No, he's certainly one of the best, if not the yeah, best easily. comic book villain. So, but now... Which is why... Uh, uh, no, I'm just saying, like, so Defoe takes this idea and says, well... Maybe I can do something more with this. Like maybe we can return back to this and make it a cathartic experience. And and it really does seem to work in that level for me. Like, I mean, on a second viewing, the fight scenes, I mean, the character moments with him, I'm not even paying attention to Tom Holland. So I may be slightly off base with what Nick was saying with him, with Tom Holland and Zendaya. I was just like, 
Dude, Norman Osborn. It's Willem Dafoe. He hasn't aged a fucking second in 25 fucking years. It's like, oh my God. Like, he's well, that's there my favorite pure form. And, and he, in he's this in movie pure, by far is pure the, menace. Pure the, menace. The apartment fight, uh, like, where they're, like, in, in, to its credit, and I mean, this is a Marvel movie, but this has some pretty brutal action. Like, yeah, slamming it's vicious, through the dude. floor. Like, sl- like, they're slamming we, down through floors and stuff. We finally get to see Spider-Man kick some ass, too, which is something that's been sorely missing from this iteration. Yeah. And it's, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that I really, really did, like, enjoy even more than I thought I would. Because, like I said, like, especially, like, the bridge scene, Justin's right. I mean, seeing Doc Ock again was great. I really, really did enjoy that scene. But, I mean, that fight at Happy's apartment like where like literally like goblin is like smashing spider-man like just straight through the floor down it's vicious down a, it's down brutal man it's, it's mean very brutal and like those yeah. hits like you hear like the sound design in this film is fantastic because you hear those hits like you hear that impact that to me was like the 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 true great action scene of this movie of course you get the big bombastic marvel cgi finale like you always get in this kind of a movie which wasn't as noisy i guess as some of their other cgi laden spectacle finales have been in the past but you didn't even see shang chi that was nightmare yeah thank I, I, god i like, that's what you're here for saucy <laughs> perspective no i mean i i agree i do think goblin stole the show in terms of the villains for the most part i did not like the way the villains were portrayed they struggled to give them meaningful things to do or say aside from goblin <laughs> A lot of times they just were quips, like every character. My problem with Marvel movies, you know, on the whole, and especially this one, they're just packed to the brim with quips, and every single character talks exactly the same. It's like a Paul Feig improv comedy. Like, these characters just never stop talking. There's never a scene that feels like it has, like, written dialogue. It just feels like the characters are riffing off of each other. Well, and the annoying like, thing, that- too, I don't even mean to cut you off, Loisas, but the annoying thing about that, too, is the way that they, again, toe the line of nostalgia by literally, it, it feels like a lot of the scenes in these movies, like this movie especially, they're written to force the character into, like, Willem Dafoe's, like, you know, I'm something of a scientist myself. Hated they that. Force, they force <laughs> yeah, these characters that. into these situations <laughs> where they're going to say these lines that are going to get people like Justin to slap their hands together and be like, yay, he said the thing that's in the meme that we right. love, yay. I, I, I did clap, didn't I? I, I groaned. I groaned that, every I? single time that they did that. He groaned, he groaned during that. He groaned well, during and that. And then like a lot of times too, they're the butt of jokes. Like it wanted to be fan service, but also wanted to clown on the other movies. Like they make a joke about Electro falling into a vat of uh, electric eels. And then, and then they make Sam that joke like, like two or three times. Same man's like, oh yeah, I fell into a vat of whatever he fucking said. And, yeah. and um, Electro says something like he wanted to turn all of New York into lizards. They go on this like five minute improv routine about. I want to be turned into a lizard. Do you want to be turned into a lizard? It's like, it's very odd how they're pointing out the silliness of the other films in this very obnoxious, like, wink, wink way. But then they also treat Toby's Spider-Man and Andrew's Spider-Man very reverentially and with a lot of honor and heart. And it's so weird. Like, these two things are at odds with and one that's, another. That's the major annoyance that I have with this movie and the nostalgia that it brings up. Because, yes, of course, it's great to see a lot of these characters sharing the screen together it really really is but when it has to stop the movie wholesale like you just made a great example of you know 
Electro and and the lizard sitting there talking for like literally forever about <laughs> lizards plan to turn people into lizards. But then like you even have that other scene like when they're preparing for the big battle and it's just the three Spider-Men just talking about stuff they did in their movies. And like Tobey Maguire Spider-Man's like I fought an alien made of black goo before. Like I understand and I and and I know Justin loves his nostalgia. I'm I know sitting there going like this. He loves like, it. Yeah, we're it almost there. It, you got me almost God there. It. Yeah, it yeah. should not stop the movie wholesale to throw in these moments like literally it stops the movie on a dime numerous times just to like have these characters talk about things that they did in movies before in other movies well, and that's the thing that's the thing too it, it they have to stop and give exposition because literally if you had not seen any of the prior spider-man films like if you had not seen spider-man one through three and the amazing spider-man one or two would you really have any idea what the uh, fuck apparently is going saucy. on <laughs> no. like, everyone in, in in both of the screenings we were at i mean at alamo last night or at the advanced screening everyone's seen these movies apparently but, because but everyone cheered at all these moments is 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 to, to to go back to what i was mentioning before about how it literally has an entire infinite number of universes to pull from but even when they're stopping the movie dead on its heels to talk about these nostalgia moments they only bring up the stuff that we're familiar with did toby Maguire's spider-man literally fight nothing else did andrew Maguire or andrew garfield's spider-man literally do nothing else did it, it literally stops and st- starts with the nostalgia stuff they don't even try and that's where this movie gets really lazy for me but they don't even try to give us anything new they literally don't try for a second and while i well, love the, like, movie... the emotional depth that they get into with some of the characters and uh, toby mcguire like he's the happiest motherfucker in the world to be in this movie he has the biggest grin on his face the whole time he's in this movie but and he's good after not outside acting of that, for like fucking 15 years like, outside, I mean... like, there, there are some little touches and stuff there are some of the nostalgia moments that i really enjoyed but like it really kind of bugged me it's like but, but but yeah, you, you fought a black goo alien, but like you, you can't even like drop a line referencing some Spider-Man villain that maybe we haven't seen that you fought before or something, anything. Here's a question too. Like Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire Spider-Man are ripped from their respective universes, or at least this is what I gathered from the dialogue. And they're now in Holland's universe. And they say like, we've been looking for yes. Peter for for about a day or so. And I'm like, were they ripped from their universes because they know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man? I guess. And if that's the case, shouldn't there be millions of Spider-Men just like what? swinging I around in Holland's universe? That's my He's problem. always trying to find the deepest point in which to let's ruin make, these movies. Let's make no mistake. This movie is nonsense. Like they, it, it, when you're dealing with magic and different universes and time travel and stuff, like, and why do they make, you're going to so run many, into so there many, are so many different it's, references. It, it, it's the meme. It's the meme that I sent you earlier. What was so it? So many different Here, characters here's in the this meme. movie. They, they, they replay, <laughs> they replay the jokes in this movie all the time too. Like how many different characters in this movie make mention of the fact, Oh, there's magic here. Magic's real in this universe. It's said by like five different characters at different points. Points. Why? They have to have a cute wink wink aside to the audience to be like, hey, this is this is pretty crazy, isn't it? This is wild. This is comic book stuff. It's not like the real world. I'll it's say like, this yeah, much. Know. So we will get to this <laughs> now because I absolutely have to before I get to ratings. The third act of this movie is pure fan service, but it is one of the best things that Marvel has ever done. It was very calculated. The Ability to bring us all three Spider-Men. I mean, there's that shot in which I cried both times 
after they decided that they don't make a good team. And there's like that shitty joke where like, I was part of the Avengers and Avengers? What's that? We don't, you don't have an Avengers? Were you in a band? A- a- another endless improv but, routine. But, like, let's just get to the action. But, let's, let's move but, along but Lois here. Loisos, that's for the 10 year olds in the crowd, not for you. And then they all web sling. No, it's meant, it's meant, you bitter old Then they man. all web sling and they all land at the same time and they're different spider poses. And it's them. It's legitimately them. It's their yeah, version. Goosebump, goosebump so, inducing so, so, moment so, for again, sure. Again, I mean, it has the fan service, but when it does the fan service, it does it extremely well with care. They really put a lot of effort in to making it special. They they could have well, and with dangling threads left unresolved they, they, in the they other movies coming full in. circle. I mean, my main worry was that, like, especially with Toby being the huge gambler that he is, like, maybe he's like, I need a couple million to go blow on this blackjack table. Yeah, we know his story, you know, and Andrew's, you know, shining light man, like my second favorite performance of the entire year from Tick Tick Boom this year. Tick Tick Boom is extraordinary. Absolutely. If you're listening to this podcast and you haven't watched it yet, Nick, have you, you seen it? No. Oh my god. I've seen like five movies all year though. That's so. Nick it's on Netflix. Nick needs to watch this. It's right up his alley. He'll fucking love that movie. My my second favorite performance of the entire year. And I'm like, in the same year he came back as Spider-Man. And that motherfucker had to endure press <laughs> for like six months. For Are you in the movie? Uh, Are you in Spider-Man? Imagine this guy. He's literally Seriously. like the worst kept secret in Hollywood because everybody knew, but like nobody would actually confirm it. You know, and it's like I mean, it, McGuire's it's not doing press. It's but, genius in terms of Marvel's but. marketing, though, because they 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 know that like even the rumor how much power it has, and like people want to show up to see like those moments in the theater and like i'll admit like i was like i was like clapping and like i was happy especially when he opened the portal and like as soon as you see the spider-man through it like you know it's garfield you know it's amazing oh my god i I turned to voice house i was crying i was like fucking i was like (laughs) shaking and then like five seconds later i'm like oh my god but i think there he is i think the best thing that the third act of this movie does though to kind of get back like on justin's track here somewhere is the emotional and the kind of character <laughs> exploration between the three spider men like they share their losses they share their pains they share the struggles that they've endured and it kind of allows the two quote-unquote elder spider men to help tom holland who shine some light we yeah. get aunt may's death in this movie which i thought was a great scene i really love tom holland in this movie it's a great scene. It's a really emotional scene, but I felt nothing. And you know why? It's because Aunt May is not a character in these movies. Her character is, she's hot Aunt May, and isn't that funny? And then in this movie, they really try to make you, like, make that moment where she dies have real emotional weight, and I just didn't feel a thing. I understand that she had to die in this movie because it would create an emotional through line with the other Spider-Man but dude, iterations. Which has a great line, resolution. Though. But did she? It does have a great resolution. The line. But it's the line that's she in says all the, the movies. If she had said it, if she had had a relationship with Peter in the other movies, she does. That had- she she's the kind of aunt that's like the kind of dad that I am to my kid. She's probably flying out the window all the time, and I'm not really paying much attention because I'm the cool dad. You know, it's a, it's anyway, a different generation. I'm saying, like, I, I know what you're saying because she takes a backseat for obvious reasons because this Spider Man is 
he's not really the central character of any of his movies. No, he's not. And that's the um, problem, isn't it? Well, I mean, it, but, it depends um, on how you look at it. I'm being sniffy, but that third act is a real banger. Like that, I was I was ready to give up on Marvel movies forever until a certain point, and that point being when Garfield and McGuire like, entered the oh picture. My, I, I I turned to you in the theater, tears downward rolling down my face, and I was like, I can't believe this is real. I it, mean, it I, does I, a lot I, of heavy lifting in terms of my positive feelings toward the film for sure. <laughs> Police shakeup as Ape Man strikes again. There you are, Commissioner. There it is in black and white. This Ape Man is making a monkey of the police department. That ox can't call me a monkey. Shut up, you baboon. Mm. <laughs> now look here, Commissioner. You've got to catch that Ape Man. Just a minute, Mr. Dill. We're doing the best we can. As a matter of fact, we suspect he's not an Ape Man, but a real gorilla. Real gorilla, bah! Look here, Commissioner. You've got to catch that Ape Man. And if you don't... As head of the Citizens League, I'll have to demand your resignation. I don't want to make you any trouble, my friend. But this thing has gone far enough. As a matter of fact, it's gone too far. And something's got to be done. But, Mr. Dill, give me a chance. We're trying. After all, policemen are only human beings. You know how the newspapers build these things up. six phone calls yesterday six calls from the irate citizens demanding action and i'm not gonna be the goat but mr dill nobody's asking you to be the goat my men will catch this safe man or gorilla or whatever it is you're supposed to have an efficient police department and yet you can't catch a third-rate hoodlum who masquerades as a monkey remember commissioner this is your last chance. Good night. But Mr. Dill, Mr. Dill, let's understand each other on this. That Dill sure has the chief in a pickle. I'd like to get that eight man by the throat and tear his ears off and gouge his eyes. Shut up, up Tarzan. You're all wet. How did you know? I love that the two Spider-Men aren't glorified cameos like they are in a substantial portion of the third act of this Very movie. Very well written. And Very well written. This is this is what I wanted more of from ghostbusters afterlife it was amazing oh, spoiler alert if no, you've not seen ghostbusters no, no. Afterlife. keep that out of here keep that no but here's the thing the characters shush, at shush. the end just okay the characters at the end the legacy characters Daddy's just show up whoop you and i was worried that that's what they were going to do with garfield and mcguire they were going to just like swing in in the final act and and there wouldn't be any real emotional weight to them being there but they really made the right decision and bringing them in like at the end of the second act and really making them a presence nick throughout that third you know act. damn well when they both showed up you had like the tip of your dick leaking a little bit right <laughs> There was some white stuff there, and I was like, "I gotta clean this up." A I mean, little bit. yeah. It, like I said, I mean, it, it was it was a wonderful moment. Like it, it really was great. And like I said, the best thing about it is, I mean, the action in in like the CGI ness of all the action stuff, whatever. But I really, really think again that, that getting to the emotional core of these three characters and their kind of shared experiences as Spider Men, and like how they're able to kind of use that and use it to grow 
Tom Holland's Spider-Man and kind of grow him up a little bit, I guess, is 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 done to really, really great effect here. And that was the thing I think I enjoyed most about it. Like I really, really love that climactic showdown between he and Goblin on the on the Captain America shield or whatever. Why are they putting Captain America's shield on the fucking Statue of Liberty? Don't ask. But <sighs> like like they're sitting there like he's he's literally he's gonna beat him to death. And you know, like he picks up the glider, like he's gonna go and like give him that stab and like, like Toby Spider-Man just comes in and stops that. Like that's such a great, great, great moment. And I love kudos like there's so much bad writing in this movie but this is great writing because there's no dialogue between the characters it's all just done in the looks between holland and mcguire you just feel it they let the characters and they let the actors just do it on their faces instead of like this in a marvel movie i fully would have expected some whole huge dialogue exchange there and they 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 resisted the temptation and i'm grateful for that that third act makes the whole movie for me they knew what they were doing We'll see later in the year, in November, if DC and Warner Brothers is able to captivate the same feeling with bringing back Michael Keaton as Batman. It's, 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 it, it's a very difficult thing to do. Yeah, it's a tough balancing act. Um, and, and I think they nailed I it here. They, I th- they nailed they, they it. Nailed yeah, it. they really I did. Mean, in, in particular, with the writing and the dialogue and the performances – my main worry is that they were going to pop in and be like, eh, I don't really care about this, whatever. But McGuire was like, I mean, dude, you could see they're it. They're both on point. You can yeah. see them tearing up. Like the moment where they're all like Spider-Men together, they're all tearing up talking about their stories about loss. And me in particular right now, like dealing with what I'm dealing with in my family, I, it resonated so much. And I felt it very deeply because – Spider-Man's always been about loss. He continues to deal with loss through his entire history from yeah. his childhood until his relationships. He's constantly tested. And I think that's the most important thing here. And that's why everyone on Twitter and everywhere else is saying that Tom Holland's Spider-Man is the greatest of all time, blah, blah, blah. I'm not ready to proclaim that. But at the same time, this is 100% guys. His best performance as the character. Easily. The best written version of the character he's portrayed. And it kind of made me excited to see like, hey, the end of the movie, spoiler alert, they finally gave him the right suit. But I mean, we could see more good cinematic Spider-Man. Fingers crossed. I mean, I, I definitely think they're on the right track and there was a concerted effort to make Spider-Man feel like Spider-Man making noble choices, suffering personal loss in his life, something that they didn't even scratch the surface of in the other movies. So for all my misgivings with this film, at least they they made that effort and it it paid off, in my opinion. I do think the third act is extremely strong. I think they had an idea for a climax and they kind of worked backwards from there. But I'm glad we got the movie. I'm glad... I'm so thankful they were able to include characters from the other films that are familiar to us and beloved by us and except for lizard them- except for lizard. Well, well, the lizard and sandman he and electro were like stupid. They were like embarrassing presences. Jamie Foxx is so terrible in this oh movie. My God. Like I have no idea what planet he was on. That, but Sorry, but uh, their presence doesn't even make any sense because like Electro shows up and he's like blue Electro from the other movie like, and then he turns into like handsome Tom Jamie Foxx. He's, like, he's blue. And then like five seconds, five seconds later, he's like, oh, I like it here. 
I like it here. Yeah, I'm it's gonna weird fuck some because shit up. I'm like, why? His his appearance it completely looks the same changes. Same as your New York dude. It's no different. His, his appearance completely changes and they draw attention to the fact because Lizard says like I thought you had glasses and a comb over and gap in your teeth and you you look did you get a makeover like, and I'm like is there an explanation jacked, for why he looks completely different now I'm very handsome and jacked and, and the only reason sing. that Lizard has that entire exchange anyway is just so you know Lizard can remind the audience of what Jamie Foxx looked like in The Amazing Spider-Man 2 that's literally the only reason any of that Lizard does exists. nothing in this movie well, and and why was Electro included in Doctor Strange's spell? If it was meant to pull in all the people who knew Peter Parker was Spider-Man. I mean, it's been a few years since I watched Amazing Spider-Man 2, but from my recollection, Electro never found out Spider-Man's identity. They even have a line later in the film where Electro says that he hoped Spider-Man would be black. And it's like a cute line that hints at Miles Morales, but it completely disregards the logic that the film set up about what the spell was supposed to even oh, do. Oh, no, here you go. Well, also, their, their, their whole thematic bent of all of the villains was all of the villains, their fate was that they die fighting Spider-Man, but Sandman doesn't die fighting Spider-Man. So... You know, I mean, again, it's it's the, 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 you have to play fast and loose with the rules in a Marvel movie. That's just the way that it works, unfortunately. Um, uh, I, I also I thought it was a really, really because um, you have Flint Marco in in Spider-Man Three. He always had the ability to go back to his human form uh, as just Flint Marco, uh, and I don't know why they chose like except for obviously when he gets we talked cured. about this a lot actually during the movie. I, was I don't like, understand why he why was is sand he always the sand? whole time. Like unless it's just I think Marvel it was because flexing their budget and like was it COVID? It's that was Disney. It COVID? I think I think this movie I think this movie was shot partially during COVID, and I get the sense that they had uh, Thomas Hayden Church record his dialogue in a closet or whatever at his house and 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 send over the the audio files yeah. and they just animated his likeness as the Sandman. Uh, yeah, if that's the case, then they did what they did. But if that's not the it case and so they had access to Thomas Hayden so Church, stupid and silly to have him hanging out in the like this posh apartment. I, I like, <laughs> he's all and he's sand. getting sand all over the place. Like, and yeah, uh, he doesn't do that in Spider-Man Three. He can just change it back. Why would he be all and, sand? Uh, uh, and then Reese Fons, like they got one shot of him with his shirt off like he old as fuck though he yeah, old like, as fuck they didn't even bother to get more than one shot of they Reese only Fons. showed his chest hairs <laughs> in his face so yeah very odd very odd but whatever but gentlemen at least they were in the movie gentlemen this is a this is a revelation an epic film guys review on a brand new marvel movie wild they said it couldn't be done. I I don't know who said bastards. that. <laughs> I'm sure they said it. And honestly, Nick, you and I went and saw The Amazing Spider-Man 2 in a theater, the IMAX in Dixon um, the, City. The Amazing Spider-Man 2, uh, those of you who are old, old, old school EFG fans, uh, that was the first content that we ever did That's was exactly a video it. review. Justin had yeah. a microphone. He had a microphone with a cord. The cord no went cord. into his backpack. <laughs> the cord went into his backpack and was plugged into nothing. But we just we, we thought we needed a microphone For to sure. sell it. For sure. Um, yeah, it was at the Regal IMAX in Dixon City. That was the first ever thing that we did for Epic Film Guys over on the YouTube channel. Uh, that was what, 2014 was that when that came out or something like that? I can't remember. But yeah, I mean, 
it's it's I should it's probably poetic commit suicide after this because I'm like I'll never get back to that level of quality. It's it's poetic in a way to come back to you know to to come back and bring us all back together for for you know a, a Spider-Man movie. And I want to I want to kind of wrap out and, and I'm going to give my final thoughts and a rating right now. The reason why this film's so affecting on me and and I had a really emotional kind of reaction to this movie because the kind of thematic undercurrent of this movie is helping people. Uh, May Parker's entire mission in this movie is to help people, and she's the one that convinces Peter when Doctor Strange, and we didn't even talk about like the Doctor Strange fight scene or anything like that, but it was kind of like, eh, whatever to me. I didn't really care. I don't really care for Doctor Strange like as a character. Inception 2.0. It really did. But th- like that notwithstanding, but like the entire through line of this is helping people, and she convinces him, like, no, like we can't just send them back to die. Like We have to try to help them. Like Maybe there's a way to save them. And I really, really feel like ultimately the thematic undercurrent of this movie like not giving up on people helping people is that like, a scene to Nick, be where we should people should we pay more attention to that i think that's, that's maybe that's the most important thing in this movie to take away from it and that's why like this movie like i mean aside from all the other things we've talked about like this movie really really resonated me in that way because i think that's so important and that's something that's so lost especially nowadays with people just battling all over social media about everything nobody gives a shit about anybody anymore everybody wants to fight and everybody wants to argue about everything anymore but my god wouldn't it be great if we all just thought about other people for a change and we just decided to be kind and we just decided to try to help people like that's to me such an important theme and and i really really love that marvel like took this movie a movie that they knew when they were writing this when they were conceptualizing it when they were putting it out there that so many people were going to see this movie and ultimately the ultimate theme the ultimate underpinning of this movie is helping people to your point nick i i really appreciate the fact that the uh writers made spider-man want to help the villains and quote cure them as opposed to defeat them or kill them i think that was um that really showed how noble Spider-Man was in making noble choices and, and wanting to help the villains and send them back home as opposed to just defeating them in a way that Spider-Man would in another film. That's smart screenwriting. I think that that's um, something I appreciate a lot about the movie. I have a lot of problems with the movie, but f- but for the most part, I think it was a solid effort. It's in, better in making... than a lot of other Marvel movies. I'll give it that. I... I would I would agree. What is your rating, that, that, that fir- What is your rating that, that on the first, movie? I want to hear it. That first that first half is really rough. Um, I don't know. Weird, weird movie. In a way, it's it's special because we do get closure to the other Spider-Man films that we've known and loved. Um, I don't take that for granted. This movie it pilfers from the other films in a way that um, is a little bit eye rolling. I I. I it makes me a little bit, a little grumpy, because when people say that this is the best Spider-Man movie ever made, hello I don't Twitter, any, we're talking about you. Sto- I don't put any stock in that because this film would not exist if the, you know, this film wouldn't exist without the other yeah, exactly. films. Exactly. So go watch Spider-Man Two again. I just, I just rewatched Spider-Man or the, or the Raimi trilogy. Just made me lament Marvel's lack of visual imagination because they all have the money and the resources at their disposal to make an ultra colorful, ultra stylized movie, just like bursting with life and energy. And instead, we get drab, flat pap with like the characters against a green screen. You can frame a shot 
that looks like a comic book splash page come to life. We've seen it done in Raimi's films and Into the Spider-Verse. And hell, even the Amazing Spider-Man films, for all their hackery, had some really memorable visuals. There's one shot in the movie that I thought, wow, that looks really nice. And it's when Spider-Man is swinging across the power lines on his I way to find cool. Electro. <laughs> it's against <laughs> a sunset. It's well lit. It's from a side angle view. And it's visually dynamic and interesting. And pretty much everything else in the movie looks like washed out and low effort. Just have the actor stand there. Don't move the camera at all. There's one shot where like CGI Spider-Man swings down and he starts to take off his mask. And it's just a hard cut to Holland taking off his mask and it's just it, it comes to you, across as incredibly picking. cheap listen to, to you nitpicking. i'm sorry i'm sorry i, I liked the movie it. i love but- I, I love the fact you know what I, I this is why i needed this so much i love you guys so i love much. you too love you, man. actually you know what this you know what actually justin you just said i love you i should uh, i should pause i should leave an awkward silence and just say thanks like they did in the movie with Andrew Garfield saying, I love you guys. And there's like this long, awkward silence. And they're just like, thanks. Yeah. But you know what? Was that meant to be funny? The most powerful or? moment in the movie is when the sun is rising. All the destruction is gone. Green Goblin is laying there. He's sitting there. He's like hunched over. <laughs> what are you saying? And the three spider are there. Where is this going? And they hug. Mm. And it's an understanding that we're all from different places. We've all endured different things. We're all in different places of our lives. But we are all the same. Damn. And that's what I connected with the most in this movie. And that moment at the end of the movie, it may be the most generic. They may be in front of a green screen. They got three Spider-Men. I know. They got three Spider-Men in full fucking costume, and they're perfect costumes. No, that was wonderful. And, and I loved are, all and, that and stuff. And they're a team, and I'm like, I care way more about this than any Avengers movie. And that's me, because I'm a Spider-Man fan. You guys see this tattoo on my arm? You know that shit. I got that shit tattooed on my arm the week after Spider-Man 2 came out, because... That was, to me, at that time, the best comic book movie of all time. And that's the guy that Nick Haskins met. And he's like, you know, there might be something here. But that's why I appreciate the two of you so much. This discussion and this review, seriously, you'll never break the bonds of the epic film, guys. Seriously, I feel like I feel like. I don't know which Spider-Man you guys think you are, but I think that I'm <laughs> one of the three. <laughs> Saucy, you're, you're the youngest, so maybe you're the Tom Holland version. Hey, Next, maybe the fucking Tobey Maguire. Maybe. Uh, look at my hair. It's I'm definitely the Andrew Garfield version, okay? Look at the hair. It's still the same, okay? But we're, we're, we're a team, and when we work together... And we put our minds to it. When you we can fight CGI villains. Yes. Stop being so superficial, you fucking asshole. No, I, 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 I'm, I'm mixed on the movie. Um, on, on one hand, it's packed full of meaningless, quippy dialogue. It's completely devoid of a visual style. And the first half of the film is simultaneously hyperactive and narratively inert. But 
it did make me feel things. And I have a great amount of respect for the work that they did on Holland's character to make him the Spider-Man that I always knew he could be. So, out of 10, my rating. Are you ready for this? Yes. I actually, I'm... Six out of 10. Ooh. So I actually Fucking have to, man. I actually have to be the one that's going to come in here and, and rate um, an oh MCU God. movie ever so slightly. I'm only going to go seven. I'm, I'm only going to go seven because there are too many problems with this movie for me to really give it like the, the, the glowing eight out of 10 or higher kind of thing. But <laughs> I love, always- again, I, I love the, I love the, the, the character work that they did. Like Lois Oss mentioned on Tom Holland's Spider-Man. I love the performances and the chemistry between Tom Holland and Zendaya. I think it's fantastic. We didn't even talk about the ending of the movie where he basically has strange cast the spell that he was going to cast all along and like actually make everybody, including everybody that knows he should have just him, cast the spell where it's like, about him. Hey, make everyone forget about Mysterio <laughs> and everything he said. <laughs> End of movie. <laughs> Nothing See, else. A smarter, a smarter Peter Parker would have done well, that. But this the is other not the smarter Peter, Peter Parker, Parker we see in the movie would have done that. But yeah, he's a dumb I, I love. I, I, I really do love that they. You know, he has to make that sacrifice, and 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 I love the kind of emotional resonance of that. And I love. And not to interrupt yeah. Nick, but it's not even just that they forget that peter parker is spider-man they forget peter parker all yeah, they forget peter that's parker something that exists I... completely yeah so and and, right. and that's great like i love that scene at the coffee shop with the both of them with him you know i mean it's 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 very hollywood ish in a way but like he puts you the know the only away, thing like, i was thinking he decides to scene, walk Nick, out of the coffee scene i was what? just thinking how good those fucking donuts looked i was like dude there's a donut up there it's like <laughs> christmas with like Another missed opportunity with the 4DX. I was expecting them to pump coffee smell into Dude, the theater. Nope. No, I want a donut in my mouth, bro. I'm like, I want to eat that shit. You right just brought now. that go down full the street. circle right back to the 4DX. Right? Full circle. Go right down back. the street. Go down the street to Duck Donuts, Justin. Get I've been some. there. I've been there. But they don't come on the donuts, duck like donuts you do. <laughs> <laughs> Glazed. Yeah, I mean, I, I seven out of ten. I, I like I said, I, better than most Marvel fare for me. But I mean, it still has enough writing issues, as Lois Oss has already mentioned a lot. You know, it, it's the nostalgia stuff works for me, but you don't have to stop the whole movie on a dime to throw the nostalgia stuff at the audience and to sit there and live in the scenes. That's the kind of stuff that Justin goes to the theater for and literally just comes all over himself for. He's got the biggest grin on his face right now because he's like he's just thinking about all the nostalgic moments in this movie. You know, and I, I, again, I lament them not doing more with this concept. Like if you have literally every single universe in existence that you could pull from literally any, you could have done literally anything and they chose to go the most formulaic cash grab, like let's throw everything in the kitchen sink in this movie to get asses and seats and to get cash at the box office and you can't necessarily fault them for that for wanting the movie to make money but like it's creatively bankrupt in that it doesn't really try to do anything more than what its audience expects from it and that to me is the saddest thing about it that's not sad that's not sad it's giving people exactly what they want and i guess in a world where saucy daddy's telling you now (laughs) <laughs> Don't make me spank you with the belt, motherfucker, because I'll spank you good in bed and you'll be he wrong said that he sucked tomorrow. The penis and put the balls in his mouth. <laughs> yeah. Damn, I missed that. Uh, no, I'm not saying that's a bad no, thing. No, what I'm saying you is know. 
the world needs this right now. I think especially the United States. Very hard times. We, we, if a movie makes people smile and no, clap no, no. and have a great time in a theater, then that's that's I'm I'm one hundred percent. That's all that. I'm not trying to be a Scrooge. I'm not I, trying I to you know rain on anyone's parade. And I'm not trying to make this movie sound better than it is. Good point. <laughs> I wish the old me was in here like, yeah, it's going to be a 10 out of 10. There's velociraptors in it, and they're like riding on side of motorcycles and shit. Jesus Dude, God. did you see it? Oh, my God. No, for real. I'm I'm, I'm going to have a reality-based reaction to this. <laughs> no, it, it, You must be kidding, aren't you? <sighs> I wish I was. But I think that this movie's doing so well, third biggest opening ever. You know, we need this movie. And I think it hit at the right time, the right moment for so many people to come back to the movie theaters and enjoy it. Both times I was in the movie theater to see this movie, I saw audiences that were like young and old cheering these old characters and new. And it really brought me this newfound respect for the fact that, you know, Blu-rays streaming are bringing these younger generations, maybe even some older generations back to these older movies and they're resonating and, and, and they're bringing them back into something like we can have something special again. Like it can be not the last Jedi or not the last or whatever the rise of Skywalker or whatever it may be that now, didn't we work for somebody a perfectly, else. A perfectly enjoyable evening. And then you had to bring up the rise of Skywalker. Well, well I'm just saying like some people, <sighs> things don't work for them and people don't want to be challenged. They want to be fed the things because that they we're love. the United States and we're simple minded creates like we're, we're, we're stupid people. We're smart, but we're not, we just want to be entertained on an entertainment level. And I think this movie gave us everything we wanted, the throwbacks. It all worked for me, but it's still going to be an 8 out of 10 for me. God, I miss him rating stuff so high. <laughs> it's an 8. <laughs> this should be a 10 out of fucking 10. Are you serious, Toby? It should Toby? be, certainly. Toby's back? Are you fucking serious? Toby's back? Oh, my God. Andrew's back? My favorite Spider-Man of all time? Their respective suits are perfect. They look perfect. They don't look a day older. Well, actually, Toby looks like he aged like 50 fucking years, actually. No, no, no. What do no. you? I love that what scene are you talking on the about? bridge. What, what are you talking about? He looks like he could be a grandfather, motherfucker. What movie did no, you those watch? Those movies came out in 2002. I think he looks great for his age. Yeah. I love that scene on the scaffolding when... Uh, He's, yeah. he's like, oh, so I, that's I what have I'm back saying. problems. In 2002, which is the year I graduated, which is 20 years ago, in which he was 30. So yeah, 20 years later at 50-something, he'd be a grandfather. The fuck do you and know? That's great. You're still in your 20s, motherfucker. Don't talk back to daddy or daddy <laughs> will put you over his knee and whoop you. You want to be whooped? <laughs> Daddy's going to spank you with the belt now. Listen, I got a spider. If we open it wide enough, he can go up the hole and everything. It'll make you feel really good. <laughs> I promise. Look at his eyes. He's like, how dare you? He's like, my soul patch hasn't even come in yet all the way. <laughs> I look like shit and I smell like shit. And the urine I've been pissing on myself for 10 years. 
He's trying not to laugh at the ter- the terrible old me. All right, in five, four, three, two. And that's it, ladies and gentlemen. This is our review for Spider-Man. What the fuck is this movie called? No Way Home, goddammit. Far from homecoming home. I drank too many drinks at Ned Devine's, and I don't know how to get the way home. I love how we I love how we tried to, in the dumpster. I love how we tried to like count in and like do a serious outro, and then ten <laughs> seconds later he was the hobster. Like it devolved that quickly. Like he just Listen, he knew I he th- was forcing it from the get go. I can't help what people want. Cheap, 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 cheap. <laughs> <laughs> If you've never listened, go back and the, the, there's so much great stuff in the archives. Go back and listen to our room retrospective that we did when the disaster artist came out. <laughs> God, that was fun. Any of the canon quarantine stuff we did, like there's so much great stuff in in in, in the backlog of the show. And I mean, it's 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 a treat, like to kind of t- t- to talk about it because, like you know, I'm I'm doing Nikolai's Kitchen now. Loy Sauce is doing. Boy sauce things. Boy sauce things. He's doing nothing. You know, Justin's got brain stew and everything. And, you know, but like, there's always going to be these moments. There's always going to be these events. Like, we're not never coming back. We're going to come back for different things whenever the moment strikes us, whether Justin likes whenever it or not, can. whenever we can, you know, because we all love movies. We all love talking about movies, you know, and, and it's, it's, I mean, it, it is an honor and a privileged gentleman to, to, to share the microphone with you guys again. Like, yeah, like the last time I'm pretty sure was Mortal Kombat that, that the three of us all sat down and, and, and talked and recorded. I loved actually like getting to record weekly shows with you guys. Cause like we got to catch up, we got to talk all the time and all those kinds of things. And that's sadly missing now. It's, you know, sorely missing and it's, it's a product of life and it's just one of those things that that happens but you know it, it, it's such a treat to 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 record an episode for the efg fans like especially those of you who have been with this show for years and years and years like thank you so much for like the literal years and years and years of support which yeah most of them have all stuck around for everything yeah. that we've done which like, is literally absolutely amazing it, yeah, it really, it, really is. And it, it, it's it thrills me honor. to no end. Like Justin and I had, had talked, you know, previously, like when I had walked away from the show because of everything that was going on in my life. And I've, I've I'll be 100% honest with you folks, I've been struggling a lot, you know, with a lot of different things. And I'm still evolving and doing different things and, and facing the challenges that I face every day. But, you know, when, when Justin and I talked about, like, what he's going to do, you know, like, I, I, I fucking told him. I said, you love horror. Do horror, no matter what it is, because there's a different energy, like, and there's, there's so much great chemistry and, and, and energy and everything here between the three of us. And it's great. And, and I love it so, so much. But I'm so pleased and I'm so thrilled to see Justin really like when he talks about horror he talks about it uh, he doesn't talk about other movies the way he talks about horror movies he doesn't see other movies the way he sees horror movies and it's great to see him really and I mean that fucking 100% sincerely really really crowing like as hard as you can into your passion like it, it, it means the world to me to see that nobody deserves to be bigger and better in horror podcasting than 
this guy because nobody knows more about horror movies and nobody loves horror movies like Justin does. Seriously, I fucking mean it. Seriously. So kudos, kudos to to to, to Justin and kudos to 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 Brain Stew for 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 keeping everything going and we're not like saucy and i will return you cannot get rid of us we are like the hopester <laughs> we are like the hopester we will eventually show up at your fucking house with a little tin cup panhandling for change begging you for a shot of fucking mr boston <laughs> you can't get rid of us you never ever will as as the post credits say dr strange will return loisas and nick will return <laughs> I can't believe I hung around for those post-credit sequences just to see fucking Tom Hardy. Like I purposely didn't go see uh, Venom. Let there be carnage. I'm glad I heard <laughs> None it was of a giant piece of no, shit. Actually, Loisos did see it. I did. Were you see hammered? It, it was Were terrible. You drunk? No. I wish I was. <laughs> but the thing about the thing the thing that I love about that scene is that Hardy. We see Hardy, and he's instantly sent back to his own universe, never to return, leaving behind the symbiote that will attached to someone else so we won't get to see tom hardy's venom in another mcu spider-man movie thank I, god I, I can't i can't i can't tell you how happy that that portion of it made me i was like oh, okay so we're still gonna get the symbiote we're still gonna get venom but it's not gonna be tom hardy's shitty <laughs> god those movies are terrible <laughs> and i i god. love hardy and he god help him he's given his all in those movies but they are he such needs dumpster he needs fires. to find a better agent like literally think about before he took on on Venom, like what he was doing, big time movies, and now he's just like, I'm fine with. He was in he was in Locke and Bronson. I know. Really That's interesting what I'm saying. Movies. Me and Nick watched and Locke before there. I moved. <laughs> oh, it's it's just like I I I mean that with 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 everything I everything I have. It's it's amazing to be here. It's amazing to share the mic with Justin and and, and Loy Sauce. It's amazing to to podcast out there to you EFG fans. Thank you. I mean, again for years and years and years of support of of loyalty of of just being the most amazing fucking fans, literally, uh, in all of in all of media. Period. You do absolute legends every single goddamn one of you every single one of you cheers to you thank you for being here thank you for listening like seriously well until next time i'm justin i'm the sauce and i'm nick and we'll see you (laughs) sorry this came at the movies. <laughs>